0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG 13. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are all over in Tokyo competing for the goal. And DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for my listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new betters, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will as well. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN, when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH. This This is is the Devil's State State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey hockey Podcast podcast Network. Now here's here's your host, host, Neil Neil Villapiano. You know what, Devils fans? I'm pretty hungry right now. You know, there's a lot of things that I can eat, and one of the things that I really enjoy is some turkey. But you know what goes great with some turkey? Gravy. Or in this case, with the Devils, some Gravesy. You see what I did there? What is going on, Devils fans? It is your host, Neil Villapiano. And welcome to another edition, a very exciting and very, very detailed edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place as always to get the most up-to-date news, topics, content, and so much more about your New Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are doing well today. I really do. And especially if you're a Devils fan listening to this podcast, you got to be feeling pretty good considering how things have gone the last couple of days here. Um, Obviously, you guys are listening to this episode on July 19, 2021. So you know this past week that we're basically going to be talking about has been pretty busy for the devils not just with making some moves but obviously with things like the expansion draft having to put the list out and obviously also a lot of rumors involving the new jersey devils so already like i mentioned we have a lot to talk about here and this is what i was telling you guys in previous episodes that as this month goes along it's going to get busier and also this if you are listening to this on monday july 19th you know This is the beginning of what should be, without a doubt, the busiest week of the entire NHL offseason because we have the expansion draft coming up on Wednesday. And then I believe the NHL entry draft, the the entry draft on Friday. So there's a lot that's going to happen over the next couple of days. And we are going to give you as much of the information and as much content as we possibly can so that you guys are up to date with everything that's going on. So we have so much to talk about. So let's not waste any more time and drop the puck. So we're going to start with probably the biggest news that we got this entire week involving the devils. It happened late Thursday night. I was pretty close to starting to uh, fall asleep here, but I was doing some work and I decided to look at my phone and I immediately got a notification from Twitter. And it was from the devil's Twitter account saying that they had made a trade. So I'm like, Oh crap, what are we, you know, what's going on here? What, what type of trade? Because we know that the devils have been rumored to make several trades throughout the year. Uh, throughout the, the offseason, in particular, we just didn't know if the Devils were going to do something. And we had heard some rumblings about the Devils may make a move or two that might change how they operate when it comes to what format they use for the expansion draft protection list and who they end up protecting. Well, we did find out that the Devils had made a trade with the Colorado Avalanche for defenseman Ryan Graves. And what's really what's really awesome about making this move is that Ryan Graves is a guy that's going to be one of our top four defensemen. He very well could be one of our number one defensemen on the first pairing. And Colorado was in a very difficult spot where they were most likely going to have to leave him unprotected for the Seattle expansion draft. So instead Joe Sackick made a pretty smart move on the Colorado avalanche side of getting some value for Ryan Graves, not losing him for nothing. And the devils ended up sending the Colorado avalanche a 2021 second round pick, which is 61st overall. That is the pick that the devils got from the Islanders, um, I believe that was in the Andy Green trade. So that's basically where they got it from a couple of years ago. And they also dealt away forward Mikhail Moltsev, which is tough because I actually uh, was pretty impressed by Mikhail Moltsev playing in the NHL for the first time, got himself a couple of goals. And, you know, he's a pretty big forward. And the reason why I'm okay with moving him is simply because we have a plethora of forwards and we don't have a lot of NHL ready defensemen right now. And Tom Fitzgerald had talked about several times trying to make this team better in the now, not necessarily saying that he's going to sacrifice a lot of top prospects to get NHL talent. It's more of, he's just trying to get some talent Ready here now to build moving forward. Because again, Fitzgerald said he wants this team to be playing meaningful games in March and April timeframe. And obviously that means also trying to get into the postseason. So I think this is a move that is trying to help the Devils get to that point. Now, let me give you some more information on Ryan Graves. Uh, he's 26 years of age, he scored two goals and added 13 assists for 15 points with 55 penalty minutes in 54 games played with the Avalanche last season and posted one goal and five assists for six points in 10 games during the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs when they were eliminated in the second round by the Vegas Golden Knights. He led the club in shorthanded time on ice per game, which was 3 minutes, 18 seconds, penalty minutes, 55, blocked shots, 91, and he was second in hits with 77. Graves' shorthanded time on ice per game ranked third in the league and his penalty minutes totaled ranked 14th. So the biggest thing that you're going to notice from Ryan Graves is that he's not a massive point getter. He's much more of a defensive defenseman, and that's something that we're lacking. We have a plethora of offensive defensemen, but we are lacking guys that can really help us when it comes to blocking shots and working on our penalty kill and also doing a pretty good job of just staying out of the penalty box. And Ryan Graves brings a little bit of everything to the table coming over here to New Jersey. In 100 36 career NHL games in three years, all with the Avalanche. Ryan Graves has scored 14 goals, adding 32 assists for 46 points. So he's four points away from reaching his first 50 career points in the NHL. He also accumulated 102 penalty minutes and a plus minus 59 rating, which is very, very good. Over the past two seasons, he ranks 11th in shorthanded time on ice per game. And the biggest thing, And the most notable thing about Ryan Graves is that in the 2019 2020 season, he led the NHL in plus minus at plus 40, also ranking tops in the league over the past two years with a plus 55 and sixth in the past three years with a plus 59. So Ryan Graves obviously has done a very, very good job of setting himself up to be on the ice for more goals than he's been on the ice given up against him. And obviously that has to do with some of the talent that he played with, you know, guys like Devontae's and obviously Gabriel Landeskog and Nathan McKinnon and playing with that very talented Colorado Avalanche team and also Kale McCarr as well. I wanted to uh, mention that because I'd be a fool not to mention the talent that is Kale McCarr. But Ryan Graves is a guy that has really proven himself over the last couple of years. He was originally a New York Rangers draft pick and played in the minor leagues with the Rangers and then got traded. I don't know what the Rangers ended up giving up, but I've spoken to several Rangers fans that say, yeah, that's a move that we've really regretted for the last several years. And now it's going to get worse because he's playing across the Hudson, you know, for the Devils. So this is a guy that is somebody that's really going to help us defensively. And he's 26 years of age, so he kind of fits in with basically everybody else. And Graves, when he spoke to the media the day after he got traded, or basically the morning after he got traded, he said that, He's not really going to come in and be necessarily a vocal leader. He's going to be more of a guy that leads by example on the ice. And that's perfectly fine with me. We do obviously need a couple of big voices in the locker room. And you're hoping that guys like Nico Keisher and even maybe Jack Hughes and Miles would become that. But also you want to add some veteran guys throughout the free agency trade market moving forward to kind of, you know, balance it out. But there's also good things when it comes to leading by example on the ice. Let's look at. I would say here's a really good example. Patrick Eliash was never really considered to be a big vocal guy in the locker room. He can, was considered more of a leader on the ice, and he really proved it. And as a result, he's going to eventually become an NHL Hall of Famer. Now, if he doesn't, that's a crime, but that's besides the point. The point is, is that you, know, you can have leadership that's not necessarily just in the locker room and having a locker room presence, but also just having a leader On the ice, that is showing some of the younger players what it takes to be successful. And Ryan Graves has had a very, very successful NHL career. And a couple of people pointed out that Ryan Graves has basically earned everything he's gotten so far in the NHL. He's worked his way up through the minor league system and getting to the NHL and proving himself as a top four defenseman. It is very, very, very impressive. And Here's something that I actually found out through the Steve Dangle podcast I was listening to um, earlier when they were talking about Ryan Graves. Ryan Graves is only the second player in Colorado Avalanche history to have a plus 40 or more plus minus. The only other player to do that is Peter Forsberg. So that tells you a lot about the type of player that Ryan Graves is. And obviously you're talking about a Hall of Fame forward and uh, a pretty talented defenseman. You talk about players of two different positions and two different timeframes and things like that. But still, to be in the same category as somebody like Peter Forsberg, it's a pretty nice thing to be a part of. Uh, Some other things here that I want to mention in 25 Stanley Cup playoff games, Ryan Graves has added two goals, seven assists with 16 penalty minutes, and a plus minus of plus 14. So it's very, very good. So to kind of recap this whole thing, I really, really like this move. I know some people are looking at it like, uh, it was kind of a, a hefty price because you're giving up a second round pick and you're also giving up a guy like Maltsev who played in the NHL this year and actually did a couple of good things. But I look at it this way. We have talked about before that the Devils are certainly going to be one of those teams that has an opportunity to really take advantage of capstruck teams and to be able to acquire some really good talent that's going to help this team in the now and obviously in the future. And this was just an opportunity that... Tom Fitzgerald saw and he wanted to take advantage of. And what's interesting is that when the media spoke to Tom Fitzgerald, he said that they had been talking about Ryan Graves for the past two years. So even before Tom Fitzgerald became the GM of this team, they were talking about Ryan Graves. And so this was the best opportunity for them to get get him, and that's what they ended up doing. And another thing is this. I know it doesn't look great that it's a second-round pick, but again, let me reiterate. This isn't our second round pick. This is the Islanders' second round pick. We still have, I believe, at least one, maybe two second round picks next um, this year. I think actually we only have one, but we didn't give up our own, and that's another advantage of you know piling on draft picks from other teams as well is that we can use them to get some talent and not giving up our own draft picks, and that's something that's really good because then we still have a pretty good amount of draft picks. So instead of having eight. Overall picks in this year's draft, the Devils now have just seven, which is not a big deal because it's fine. And again, this is a difficult year because there is a lot of uncertainty as to how you can evaluate players with not much to go off of. And so a lot of teams are stockpiling also on picks for 2022 when we know when we'll have more of an opportunity to watch and evaluate a lot of players. But still, The devil saw it as an opportunity to acquire somebody like this. And obviously giving up a guy like Mikel Maltsev is okay. Because like I said, we do have a lot of forwards and we have guys in the system like Alexander Holtz, Dawson Mercer, um, you know, Fabian Zetterlin, guys like that, forwards, even Jesper Boquist to a lesser extent, who have either had only a little bit of playing time in the NHL or haven't even made the NHL yet and are certainly at a higher level than a guy like Moltsev, even though Moltsev is still very young and it still has a chance to develop into a really good player. And that's what it's going to be. I don't know if Moltsev's going to be a guy that's going to be on the NHL roster next year for Colorado. I'd like to see him there. But, you know, it might have been easier for Moltsev, for obvious reasons, to be playing in the NHL this year because of how young, how painfully young we were as a team this past year. So yeah, it does suck to give up a guy like Maltsev. He had a really good relationship with a lot of the guys, particularly PK Subban. And we'll always remember that really impressive goal where he fell, where he was on his knees and he scored against the Rangers in a preseason game a couple of years ago. Um, And obviously uh, he added in a couple solid goals this year and, and played relatively well, but you know, it's part of the business and you have to, when you have the opportunity to make moves like this, it's very good. So I'm very much, Excited about Ryan Graves coming here, because also I want to say this. There is no way that this is the only move the Devils make this entire offseason. And Tom Fitzgerald said it point blank. I remember Pierre LeBron shared um, one of his most recent articles when he was talking about the Ryan Graves trade. When he spoke to Tom Fitzgerald, he said, oh, we're not done. You know, ownership. He pointed this out. Fitzgerald said this in public. Ownership has given me the green light to spend as much money as I can to make this team better. That is a big thing that Tom Fitzgerald said that out loud. Now, again, us us as Devils fans, we have to actually see it to believe it. That's the thing. We have to actually see Fitzgerald be able to do this. And I will reiterate this. Most likely, a lot of the moves you're going to see the Devils make this year are not going to be free agency. It's going to be a lot more trades because right now it's going to be difficult to convince a lot of players in free agency to come here When you look at the team and where it's been and where it's trying to go and what the time frame is. So right now, you're going to probably see a lot more moves to acquire talent via trades. And there's nothing wrong with that because we have a lot of assets. We have a lot of cap space. We can offer a lot to a lot of teams. So that's something to keep in mind. But the bottom line is that this is a very, very solid trade for a guy who's really good defensively, really good at setting guys up. And he's going to be somebody that certainly is going to be a catalyst for the penalty kill to try to improve it 100% because we have to improve that wholeheartedly. And also, like I said, he does a pretty good job of staying out of the penalty box as well. So that's something to keep in mind. So again, to basically recap, the Devils acquired defenseman Ryan Graves from the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for a 2021 second round pick, which is 61st overall that they got from the New York Islanders in the trade for Andy Green and also forward Mikhail Moltsev. So welcome to the New Jersey Devils defenseman, Ryan Graves. So now, ladies and gentlemen, comes some even bigger thing to talk about. And that is obviously what we ended up seeing with the protection list for the Devils for the NHL expansion draft. I'm recording this episode on July 18th, 2021. So actually about four or five hours ago, we officially got uh, the lists for not just the Devils, but for every team in the NHL. we're going to start with the Devils. And then what we're going to do is that we're then going to talk about some of the pretty notable names that are at the moment available for the Seattle Kraken to take in the expansion draft. Now, does that mean that some of them are going to actually be taken? There's a chance, but I think there's a slight chance and we'll talk about that in a moment. But again, let's start with the Devils because that's very important. And I didn't really have a chance to talk about my predictions for what I think the expansion draft is. list protection list was going to be i did post it on twitter at double state yesterday on saturday you know obviously before and i tried to stay up to date as much as possible throughout the day yesterday to see if the Devils were going to make any moves because the devils and every other team in the nhl had to have their expansion draft list in by 5 p.m and the trade freeze and obviously the player signing freeze was around 3 p.m eastern time so once we got to about 3 p.m and you know, obviously there were some trades that were made before that kind of lingered on until about 4:30. We, you know, once that we got to that deadline, then no other moves could be made, and these rosters had to be set at least for the next couple of days. I believe the trade freeze and everything um, ends around, I think I want to say the 22nd, so not till Thursday. So for the next couple of days, it's going to be pretty quiet um, as Seattle will prepare themselves for what who they're going to end up taking from every team. I also did find out that I believe the Devils are going to be the 10th team that the Seattle Kraken are going to be taking a player from. Don't know how exactly you get to that point, but it's fine. So it'll be interesting to see who the Kraken take. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But, you know, we did find the list. And here is the official Devils protected list for the expansion draft. The forwards are as follows Nico Heeshear, Jesper Brett, Yanni Kwokinen, Michael McLeod, Pavel Zaka, Yegor Sharangovich. And Miles Wood, to be honest with you, not much of a surprise at all, at least talking from my perspective, because that's basically what I, I thought was going to end up being the case from the forward group. The defensive group, because again, the Devils went 7-3-1. and one. That was the format they went with, seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie. That's basically what they went for. For the defensemen, Jonas Siegenthaler, Damon Severson, and newly acquired devil Ryan Graves. And goaltender, not a surprise, Mackenzie Blackwood. And so here are the notable unprotected players. Cause it's going to take me a while. Cause there's a lot of other players the devils have that are unprotected, but here are the notable ones. And more or less the ones that are more likely to be taken by Seattle. PK Subban will butcher unrestricted free agent, Ryan Murray, Connor Carrick, Andreas Jonsson, Nate bastion, Nick Merkley, and Scott Wedgwood. So those are just some of the notable names here. The only, The only controversy that, well, there's basically there's two, I would say. Well, you know, there's two things of note to talk about with this. First of all, I'll just say this right up front. The Devils should not be worried about losing any of these guys because, quite frankly, it's not like we're losing an impact player like when Pittsburgh lost Marc-Andre Fleury in the expansion draft. It's not going to be like that. The guy who I would like to hope doesn't get picked but i wouldn't be surprised if he did would be pk suban and we've talked about it before if he does indeed get picked up by the seattle kraken the devils will then be well over 20 million dollars under the cap floor which could make things even tougher which i don't know if that is part of the plan for tom fitzgerald but i'm pretty positive that he is hoping that they don't take him and i will also say this If, in fact, Seattle calls the Devils and says, hey, we're taking PK, for the love of God, Tom Fitzgerald, please do not try to make a deal. Because most likely, the Kraken are going to try to get you to give up a first-round pick or two, considering certain situations, giving up a lot of assets. And considering we're a rebuilding team, we're not in a good position to be doing that. So as much as I would hate to do it, you may just have to let him go. And then you're going to have to make some pretty big moves just to get to where you need to be at the cap floor. But here are the two things that stand out. Number one is obviously Suban. I just pointed that out. The Subban thing is that it's only tough because, you know, he would help us from his, from his contract, getting $9 million a year would help us make it easier to get to the cap floor. And obviously, and honestly having him as a depth defenseman is not necessarily a bad idea. But again, his contract comes up at the end of the year. So we're going to have $9 million more in cap space anyway going into the 2022 offseason. The only other thing is simply that, that, you know, with with regards to three players, Nate Bastian, Michael McLeod, and Andreas Janssen. Because here's the thing. McLeod got signed earlier this week to a two-year contract. Um, And that's something that I should mention really quick. Obviously, McLeod got re-signed to a two-year deal. Jonas Siegenthaler got re-signed to a two-year deal as well. So the Devils made a couple of signings this past week as well. to kind of prepare themselves for this expansion draft. Um, So yeah, McLeod's there. And then you have Andreas Janssen. And here's the thing about Janssen. And I was pretty critical of him throughout the year. But then once I really started talking to other people and we started to evaluate everything, he really struggled with number one, just trying to find a place on this team. It's a new team and everything like that. And also he was one of the many players on this team that dealt with COVID. And I think, him having COVID and the after effects of it, I think, prevented him from maybe playing to the level that he can play at. And maybe also it has to partially do with, because he came from Toronto where he was playing with the likes of Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Morgan Riley, and, and the list goes on and on and on. You know, John Tavares as well. Um, I still think that Janssen deserves another opportunity And I remember talking to uh, Trey Matthews from Locked On Devils. And if you haven't checked out that episode yet, go check out the previous one where we had him on. Absolutely great guy. Um, And again, thank you to Trey for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, We both agree that he probably deserves at least half a season. You know, get to the deadline, see where it goes. And if he's still not really, you know, getting, getting going, then you move him forward. And he's only making about, I think, four, you know, 3 million. So he's not making a whole lot. Um, and if we ended up losing him, it wouldn't be necessarily that big of a deal, but it would obviously stink a little bit. Um, but again, we only gave up Joey Anderson for him. So again, we didn't break the bank to get this guy. You know, this was again another case of taking advantage of a cap strap team and making a move. That's basically what you saw uh, when we got Andreas Johnson. And yeah, he really did struggle a lot of the year to get going, and there were times where he got benched by Lindy Ruff for you know a period, a period and a half, and you know, even just half a period, and that was clearly showing that he was struggling to fit in. Uh, but yeah, it would suck to lose him as well, and so that was probably the most difficult thing. You know, Who do you protect in that situation, Bastion, Janssen, or McLeod? And some people will argue to say, well, it should have been Nate Bastion, because He was one of the top guys in the NHL when it came to hits. He's a physical guy, and we don't have a lot of guys that are physical on this team, at least at the moment. And I agree with that. And, yeah, I feel like when it comes to some of these players, he might be the most likely guy from this list of guys, uh, notable players, that could actually be taken. But, again, it also depends on what the Seattle Kraken take from the nine teams prior to the Devils because that also changes it as well. And I'm sure they're going to go through some mock drafts and then they'll have a a pretty much go-to plan from there. And that's where also I think the Devils could be active because they might be able to take advantage of some other teams that have left some guys unprotected and maybe they make a move or two. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting once we get to that point. That's something to keep in mind. But looking at these guys, um, really, honestly and truly, there's going to be a little bit of sadness regardless of who gets taken um, but I would look at it this way: uh, the guys that I would be the most okay with losing are probably Will Butcher uh, and probably Nick Merkley. Even though I felt like every time Merkley got inserted into the lineup, he was a good energy guy. The reason why, and also obviously Scott Wedgewood, if they somehow decided to take him, which I would, I would be really, I would be scratching my head if that was the case. Um, But again, it all depends on what happens with what Seattle wants to do and what they do with those first nine teams they pick from first. But the reason why I'm okay, and I'm actually really cool with Michael McLeod being protected is simply that he proved himself that he's a, he could be a regular NHL player once he finally got his first NHL goal he really became a good energy guy he built off some good chemistry with obviously his best friend and Nate Bastian and we need some energy guys on this team and a guy like McLeod a guy like Miles Wood they do bring that and we do have room to acquire some physical guys some vet guys that could be like that and moving forward um and we could very well still keep Nate Bastion because again, they're only gonna pick one player from our team. So it's not like it's not like we're losing several guys here on this roster. Um, so that's the that's the way I look at it. We we have moves here, and McLeod proved himself. So did Nate Bastion. I'm not saying he didn't, but you know, McLeod can bring some some more offense and Nate Bastion can't, but Nate Bastion brings more physicality. It's a very difficult thing. That was probably the most difficult choice that basically Tom Fitzgerald had to make when it comes to this list. Uh, but I would say if you'd spoke to most Devils fans for the most part, other than the things I mentioned, this list is fine. We're not losing anybody of major significance. And I'll mention really quickly that guys like Ty Smith, guys like Jack Hughes, because I think they're on um, their entry-level contracts and things like that, they were ineligible for the expansion draft. So they didn't have to lose. So we're, we're not losing any of our main prospects or anything like that. Um, you know, so that's the, that's the good thing here. So at the end of the day, I am pretty much perfectly fine with this list. And it'll be very interesting to see who gets taken by Seattle. I think if I'm going to make a prediction, I think it's going to basically be a toss up between PK Subban, Andreas Janssen, and Nate Bastion. And out of those three guys, I think actually it might be PK Subban because of the, because of the marketing ability. And he could really bring, you know, some excitement to, um, to Seattle If Seattle wants to try to compete right away, even though Subban is not the player that he once was, he could certainly help out to an extent. And also depending on what other defensemen the Seattle Kraken end up taking, Um, you know, and also the $9 million could help them get to the cap floor as well. So that's something to keep in mind also. So that's basically my prediction. I think most likely it will be PK Subban. And then after that, I think it's going to end up, it would be Nate Bastion and then Andreas Janssen. So Out of those three guys, look, one of those three guys, and it could be Will Butcher, it could be someone else. It could be someone else. Um, There's going to be a lot of talking points going on over the next couple of days to see what ends up being the case. And then obviously when Wednesday comes around, we will officially know, and we will certainly talk about it as well. So that is the Devils protected and unprotected lists for the 2021 Seattle Kraken expansion draft. Now, sticking with the expansion draft. Here are some notable players around the league that are being made available in the expansion draft that I want to talk about. Kerry Price is the first one, which I think at first people are like, "What the hell? Why is he available?" Um, mainly, it's because he has 11 million dollars owed to him. Um, I think before the expansion draft. So, because uh, Montreal also wanted to try to protect Jake Allen. Uh basically, Carey Price wages no movement clause, and he's going to be owed $11 million if he gets picked up by Seattle. And Seattle may not decide to do it. I think most likely they won't um, take Carey Price, but they very well could. They can make Carey Price their um, Marc-Andre Fleury from like Vegas' perspective. And then obviously, also, if they do take him, they could get a pretty good amount from Montreal for Montreal to be able to bring him back. And I think also if Montreal then trades back and gets price back, he would only be owed five million dollars, which would be a lot more, which would be a lot easier for Montreal to keep away. But carry price is one. Vladimir Tarasenko, who was in rumors uh, this these past couple of weeks when it comes to trades, ends up just being left unprotected. We'll see if Seattle wants to do it. Gabriel Landeskog as well, you know, unrestricted free agent. and. Look, he has the choice if he wants to go to Seattle. If they give him the money, he may very well go to that. And he's in a very difficult situation. We'll talk about him a little bit more in just a few short moments. Um, Ryan Johansson from the Nashville Predators, Mark Giordano, Jonathan Drouin, Yanni Gord, Tyler Johnson, Jason Zucker, Jared McCann, who just got traded from Pittsburgh to Toronto. I think most likely Jared McCann is going to stay Um in Toronto, I don't think he's going to end up going anywhere. Uh, I think most likely, from Toronto's perspective, it's going to be in, it's going to end up being Alex Kerfoot that gets taken, but we'll see. Uh, Kapo Kockinen, uh the goaltender from Minnesota, Jonathan Quick, Shea Weber, and because of Shea Weber's injury that could very well prevent him from playing hockey ever again, is obviously on there. Matt Duchene, uh, New Jersey native James Van Riemsdyk, Jakub Voracek. Matt Murray, Ben Bishop, and Max Domi. So there's a pretty decent amount of names here. I think certainly from all the names that just listed, a couple of guys are going to get taken. I do think that. Uh, And if they don't, Seattle's going to have an opportunity to really get a lot of good assets to go from there. But if Seattle wants to have to try to have a similar impact to what Vegas did and try to compete right away, I think a lot of these guys are going to end up getting taken. That's the way I look at it. It's going to be very, very active. I don't expect the Devils to be trying to make a trade with Seattle to try to prevent them from taking a player or two. I really don't. I think they're honestly just going to look at it and say, look, let them take whoever they take, and then we'll go from there. They take Subban, we'll figure it out. They take Janssen, we'll figure it out. They take Bastion, we'll figure it out. We're not in a dire position like some other teams are. So that's something that is a really, really good, valuable thing. that We just, in a way, it's going to sound kind of messed up. We don't really have much to offer the Seattle Kraken, which is totally fine. So that's some there. But those are some pretty notable names. Um, and we will be interesting to see what happens uh, with any of these guys, if any of these guys get, uh, get taken by Seattle. And if they do, do they stay in Seattle? Do they get moved back? Do they get traded to another team? I mean, we saw Vegas trade, make a couple moves where they drafted somebody and then they moved him from, you know, from them to another team. It's, it's very possible to do so. And to give you some information, the expansion draft, like I said, is on this Wednesday, July 21st at 8 p.m. If you're in the United States, it'll be on ESPN2 and the ESPN app. And if you're in Canada, it'll be on Sportsnet and also, I think, on their website and their own app as well. So those are some of the notable names that have been left unprotected for the 2021 Seattle Kraken expansion draft. So now we're going to shift to the final part of this edition of Devil's State of Mind podcast. And an an off-season episode wouldn't be complete without giving you guys... Uh, some rumors. And that's something that I want to talk about here today. And the first one actually comes from Jimmy Murphy, who's one of the co-hosts of another podcast here on the hockey podcast network, uh, the ice guys podcast. Please go check those guys out. Um, I would greatly appreciate it. And I know they would as well. He said earlier this past week that he wonders if the devils will try to offer sheet for Islanders defenseman, Adam Pellick. This is a really interesting thing. And this obviously came out prior to when the devils acquired um, Ryan Graves. So maybe now it's not as likely as maybe it was before, and it's obviously difficult to make a decision to do an offer sheet uh, because you know that you're going to have to give up some pretty hefty assets. And depending on what money they would give him, it could be a fir- it could be one first, one second, one third. It could be two first, a second, and a third. It could be a lot of things that could be very difficult. And at the moment right now, you know, obviously Adam Pellick is a restricted free agent. I think I'll say this right away. I think most likely Pellick is going to stay with the Islanders. Um, that's the way I look at it. They just traded Nick Letty. Um, so they moved on from him. They finally got rid of uh, Andrew Ladd's contracts. so now they have some more money to work with. And they have to make a decision with that. And they really can't afford to lose somebody like Pellick, who's one of their top two defensemen right now. But when you look at Pellick so far, um, you know, in his NHL career, he's done pretty well. 17-18, uh, he had three goals, 16 assists. Next year, five goals, 16 assists, a goal and eight assists the next year, and then this past year, four goals, 10 assists. He's not a, an offensive defenseman, much more of a physical defensive defenseman, but a guy that could be a catalyst for your power play, going be, gonna to be one of your top penalty killers. The, only, the, the biggest issue for me, other than obviously the assets you have to give up to acquire a guy like him, is simply that he's a left-shooting defenseman, and we're pretty good on the left side. We need to focus more on the right side of the defense. It obviously doesn't hurt to go out and get more talent on the left side. But I'm just saying, you don't want to stockpile where then you're in a position where you have some young guys that are getting their growth stunt because they just can't get up to the NHL because of the players that we have right now. And Pelic is in the prime of his career, and I'm sure he's certainly going to be looking for a decent pay raise. I would imagine between the four or five, maybe six, if you're pushing it, million dollar range. That's the way that I look at it. So yeah, I don't know. I doubt now because, like I said, the Ryan Graves trade happened. I doubt that that they're going to even be thinking about it. But you never know. Things could definitely change moving forward. It's always good to keep in mind. The next rumor that comes out is talking about Colorado Avalanche, uh, unrestricted free agent, Gabriel Landeskog. Uh, this past week, we've been hearing that Landeskog and the Avs are nowhere near an agreement when it comes to money and term on a new contract. And it seems more and more likely, especially because Landis was left unprotected in the expansion draft, that he's probably going to end up testing free agency when it comes out 10 days from now on July 28th. Uh, I think that's going to be the case. He actually, Gabriel Landis put out a list of six teams that are on his wish list of teams he'd prefer to go to. Um, you got the Tampa Bay Lightning, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the New York Islanders, the St. Louis Blues, and the Florida Panthers. Let's just take a moment to look at those teams and talk about their salary cap situations, because I think it's something to keep in mind. Let's start with the Tampa Lightning. At the moment, they have no salary cap space at all. So that goes out the window for them, unless he takes a one-year deal, which considering Taylor Hall did that with the Sabres, wouldn't be necessarily that, that surprising. The Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto Maple Leafs have about $6 million in cap space. They have some things they have to work out as well. I mean, they certainly could give him a pretty decent contract, maybe a f- contract for $5 million, or if they make some more cap moves, maybe a 7 or $8 million offer for one year. Very, very possible. Then you have the New York Islanders, who are actually, I believe, at negative cap space at the moment so they're into trouble the florida panthers have about basically they have about like 11 million dollars in caps that's pretty good but not to what um gabriel Esau could get the st louis blues they're the closest team in my opinion that could actually give them a long-term deal so why am i bringing this up i've mentioned before that obviously the devils could easily give him the money and term that he wants. It's not going to be easy to convince him to go from a Colorado team that has that has championship aspirations, one of the top teams in the NHL, to go to one of the bottom tier teams in the league and try to help them you know, just get back to the playoffs before even trying to compete for a Stanley Cup. So I think, again, it's most likely that Gabriel Landeskog will not be even interested with the Devils. He's already made a list of six teams that he preferred, but guess what? None of them have the cap room to really afford him. And so that to me is a problem. So I kind of look at it like, you know what? If I was Landis I would really try to work out a deal for a year or two where he can make a decent amount of money uh, right away and then try to test free agency again when things are opening up. But the problem is, is that there just isn't money out there. With, the, with a lot of the teams that are good – at, you know, are stuck in cap hell for the most part. And with the salary cap staying where it is for the next, you know, having a flat cap for several more years, it's just going to be really difficult. So unfortunately for Landis he's in a pretty tough position. Um, and it'll be really, it, it's going to be interesting to see what transpires down the road. For all we know, Gabriel Landis might get a really good deal from Seattle and just says, you know what, screw it. Let's go there he might get an offer from someone else and just says, screw it, let's go there. Uh, I know obviously Colorado is going to do everything in their power to make sure that he doesn't leave, but it seems like it's more and more that he's going to end up going. But I will talk about it from the Devils' perspective. Unless the Devils, uh, unless Landis Kog really looks at the Devils' offer and it's the best one on the table, and we don't even know if the Devils are even interested in Gabriel Landis Kog, which, I mean, I would feel like they should be considering he fits one of their needs, but... You never know. Um, Unless Gamalana Scott really sees the Devils offer as the best one and takes it, the chances are very slim. I said it before and I'll say it again. The best way the Devils can convince free agents to come here is to start making some trades to get some quality players in here and move forward and show progress. And that way you can convince them not only from a financial perspective, but also from a perspective of you can come here and be that that piece that helps us get over, over the top to becoming a Stanley Cup contender. So that's something there. But all the six teams that uh, Landis God wants, unless he takes a one-year or even two-year deal with very little money well below his value, I I don't really see how the hell he's going to be able to get any sort of money from any of these teams, any decent amount of money. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I, it's going to be, Landis God's situation is going to be interesting. going to be very, very interesting. So now let's move to the next rumor, and this one definitely involves the Devils, and it was from Elliot Freeman earlier this week on his 31 Thoughts podcast. Uh, somebody mentioned, or it was in one of the, it was in the part where basically he was answering questions from fans, and somebody point, said, any Devils-related news? And he, this was obviously before the Ryan Graves trade, uh, so that's something to keep that. That's something that uh, keep in mind. But Elliott Freeman said that he wonders if the Devils would be interested in one of Marc-Andre Flory or Robin Leonard for a goaltender um, from the Vegas Golden Knights. He also did mention again about the Devils would only move the fourth overall pickup. They got a young defenseman. He also heard that apparently there was somewhat of an offer for the fourth overall pick, but that Fitzgerald immediately said no. So it clearly wasn't somebody that was worth that fourth overall pick. And it's a very valuable pick because most likely the devils will take a defenseman with that pick. So we'll see what happens with that. And we'll talk, we'll probably end up doing a preview or in prediction for the draft uh, later this week. I think that's something to keep in mind moving forward. And we may have a guest on while we do it. We may not, who knows, we will keep you updated One hundred percent. But let's talk about this really quick with both Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard. Let's start with Marc-Andre Fleury at the moment. He's 36 years of age. He's obviously been in the league for over a decade and a half. Three times Stanley Cup. Yeah, three times. I was about to say four. Three times Stanley Cup winner. He's been in the finals five different times. Uh, and he just won the Vesna Trophy this past year as the league's best goaltender. So he is in a pretty good you know, situation with how he's been playing. He signed a three-year contract a couple of years ago uh, worth $21 million with Vegas. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent going into 2022. So he's, make, he's going to be making $7 million this upcoming year. And then you look at Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard is seven years younger than Marc-Andre Fleury. He's 29 years of age. And he signed a five-year contract last year worth $25 million. So his cap hit is $5 million uh, per year until 2025. I've heard some people say that the Devils, you know, some Devils fans and reporters would say it makes more sense with Robin Leonard. To me, I don't see that. Because Robin Leonard will be in his early to almost mid-30s by the time his contract is over. There are going to be a lot of teams that will want him if the Devils decide to move on from him. And you certainly don't want to be in a position like you had with Corey Schneider, where you buy out his contract and you're paying a decent amount every year for him to not be playing for your team. I'm not saying that Robin Leonard isn't a good goaltender, but considering how he played this year, I'm a little bit skeptical. And I'm not really big on taking on that massive contract and helping Vegas clear up a pretty good amount of cap space to go out and get somebody else. Uh, The way I look at it is simply this. Marc-Andre Fleury makes a ton more sense to me, in my opinion, for several reasons. Number one, he only has one year left on his contract at $7 million, which even if we were to lose P.K. Subban in the expansion draft, Marc-Andre Fleury would help us get to that cap floor. That's number one. Number two, it's most likely that Vegas is really trying to move one of their goaltenders because they're trying to get a top four. They actually just acquired, um, they acquired Nolan Patrick, which it's crazy how much time has flown now. It's, I mean, it's clearly obvious that we made the right choice between both of them, uh, between him and Nico Hichier, uh, to do it, uh, it, you know, when it came to that draft. So that, that's something, but Clearly, the Vegas Golden Knights want to try to get a top-tier forward, and they are definitely looking to try to move some salary. And both Robin Leonard and Mark andre Fleury take up $12 million of the cap space for the Vegas Golden Knights for at least this next year. And you look at the Vegas Golden Knights, and I mentioned it before, they have about $5 million in cap space. They would prefer to have more than that. Now, when it comes to the long term, I'm sure they would obviously – prefer to offload the contract of Robin Leonard to some other team and the Devils could easily take one of these two contracts but if I'm the Devils and I'm Tom Fitzgerald and I look at it simply like this we're looking for a veteran goaltender that can come in for a year or two to help you know to take some of the load off of Mackenzie Blackwood to help us become more competitive and put us in a better position Marc-Andre Fleury, to me, makes more sense. And if it doesn't work out, guess what? You have two options. You can just play out his contract the rest of the year and go from there. And, and or you can basically just decide after the year that you're not going to bring him back, let him go to free agency. I also really don't think the Devils would have to give up a whole lot because they hold most of the cards. But I let me just double check this really quick as I'm doing this. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury has a modified no trade clause as well. I don't know if the Devils are on that list of teams he doesn't want to be traded to. I wouldn't be totally surprised. But if by chance Marc-Andre Fleury doesn't have the Devils on his no movement, on his no uh, no trade clause, his modified no trade clause, the Devils would be one of those teams that would make sense. And it would be a good thing for Blackwood because not only would it be good competition – because you, you go into training camp competing against a guy that just won the best in the trophy last year, but you also get an opportunity to where you don't have a huge amount of load um, load work. And especially if we're improving our defense, which we're already doing with the acquisition of Ryan Graves, it just makes a lot more sense. And you want to try, if you're Tom Fitzgerald, you want to try to compete and try to make your team better, this is an opportunity to do so. Now, are there other options out there that could help as well, like Peter Morasic and guys like that. Absolutely. But I also want to just argue that you do have an opportunity to acquire somebody of a talent like Marc-Andre Fleury for at least a year, maybe another if you if he wants to if he wants to stay and you want to keep him for another year. Maybe there, there there's an opportunity. And you don't get these many opportunities, especially when you have a lot of cap space, you could certainly help Vegas out. And for the right now, you know, if you're able to take off that contract of Marc-Andre Fleury, that increases their salary cap from just $5 million to all of a sudden they have $12 million, which can make it easier for them to acquire a top-tier forward like, let's just call it like it is, like a Jack Eichel, if the if Vegas Golden Knights really want to go after Jack Eichel. It's not impossible. I think the Devils certainly give themselves a good opportunity to do something like that. Um, and I think that they should very well call. And I'm sure they have. I wouldn't be surprised if they called about it. So that's my whole argument with this. I know everybody doesn't necessarily agree with it, but I really believe that it makes sense. One, or, one of these guys is certainly going to help us, but I think for the time period and also with the devil still hoping that maybe one of their other young goaltenders in their system give, you know becomes that great 1B to Blackwood long-term, this makes more sense in the short term. But having Robin Leonard until 2025 is just going to stunt the growth of some of the other goaltenders that we have in the system. So to me, if you're going to make a move for a goaltender with Vegas, Marc-Andre Fleury makes way, way more sense. And could it be a Subban situation where maybe he's not as good as he once was, even coming up this past year? Very well, but I don't think it will. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I do expect the Devils to at least call and try to see if they can work out something to try to go from there. It would certainly help upgrade the defense, upgrade the goaltending. It would be really good, in my opinion. So the next rumor that came out was, um, well, actually, the, the last two are both from um, were both from Dave Pagnata of the fourth period. and He said that the Devils have been linked to Coyotes forward, Connor Garland, and Detroit Red Wings forward, Tyler Bertuzzi. I was going to say Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Connor gone is a pretty, pretty solid forward. 25 years of age. Uh, He shoots, right. He is a right wing left wing guy. And he could be a guy that could very well be that goal scoring top six, four that can help out Jack Hughes and Nico Heeshier. And you're looking at the Arizona coyotes and they're clearly making moves. They just traded Aiden Hill to San Jose um, on Saturday. Uh, They could be world, very well making some other moves, you know, getting rid of Oliver ekman Larson to try to get rid of his contract. And maybe the sweetener could be Connor Garland. As much as Arizona may not want to do that, it's very well possible that that could be the case. So when I look at that, it's very good. Tyler Bertuzzi, what's interesting about him is that not only does he put up points, he's a very physical player. He can bang the body. So if, let's say, the Devils lose Nick Bash in the expansion draft, and Tyler Bertuzzi is available and the Devils can get him, he could be a guy that's, is just a better point getter version of Nate Bastion. And I think that would be a really good, really good pickup. Now, with regards to what the devils have to give up, this isn't the day for that. Un- unfortunately, I don't really know. It's it's gonna be it'll be interesting to see if the devils make a move for any either one of these guys. But obviously, again, they're just rumors and the devils aren't the only team rumored for these guys. But you know, it, it's still interesting, and, and and this to me at least shows that the devils are certainly in the works to try to make some moves to better this team. So both of these guys would be good. And you look at Connor Garland really quick. You look at his stats. He's obviously, he's only played two full seasons in the NHL. And again, he hasn't played a full NHL season because the last two years we haven't, but in 2019, 2020, he had, two goals, 17 assists for 39 points. And then this past year he had 12 goals, 27 assists for 39 points. So he's been pretty consistent, very good player and I think he could certainly help the Devils um, you know, offensively and he could be that guy that he's not a he's not a superstar by any means, but he's that impact goal scorer that we are looking for with the speed that he has and he's 25 years of age, fits into the you know, the age group of the players, fits into the time of the players, I think it would work out. And I believe his contract, um, he's actually, I apologize. He is a, I believe an unrestricted free agent or restricted free agent. He's one of the two off the top of my head. So the devils may just be able to go after him um, in the offseason and just get him. So that's something to keep in mind. So, I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting thing. It's really, really interesting. And I'm really intrigued by particularly Connor Gallon. He is an RFA. So obviously the Devils would have to give up some assets for him, but I think considering that he may not cost them a huge amount contract-wise, the Devils may not have to give up a huge amount of assets to actually uh, acquire him. And the Devils can very well make a trade for his rights and then just go from there. Who knows? But that's something. And with Tyler Petuzzi, again, like I said, a forward that can bang the body, get you some good points, has some speed, fits into the system, fits into the system really well, fits into the group very well from an age, age perspective. To me, it makes a lot of sense. So both of those guys, Connor Gaughan of Arizona and Detroit's Tyler Pertuzzi are also some players that are rumored with the New Jersey Devils. And the last one comes from NHL Rumors Daily on Instagram. He's also, I believe, on Twitter as well. He reports that the Devils have kicked the tires on Arizona goalie Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper has been a, uh, a fan of, you know, I, I've been a pretty so, you know, solid fan of Darcy Kemper. Uh, the last couple of years, especially what he's been doing in Arizona, uh, reports have come out that yeah, he and his team, um, have basically said that they have no intention of signing an extension. Uh, and he has one year left on his contract, he will be a free agent after the 2021 22 season. He has a cap hit of four and a half million dollars, so that's actually cheaper than both Marc Andre Fleury and Robin Le- uh, and Robin Leonard. So, you look at Darcy Kemper, he's 31 years of age. He's another guy that if the devil's got him, he'd be here for a year or two while one of the young guys develops. And he can be a very good 1A or 1B to Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, the thing is, though, is that I don't think that Arizona's going to end up moving him now because, like I said, they moved on from Aiden Hill. So unless they're going to try to prefer to keep Antiranta, and go from there. And Ronce is an option for the Devils via free agency. If the Devils want to go that route for goaltending. Um, I think now it's more likely that Darcy Kemper will stay in Arizona and play out the rest of his contract there or get traded. Um, and that, that could be that, but the Devils could certainly acquire him. Uh, I don't think it would take a whole lot to get a guy like Kemper. And I think Kemper right now is in more or less the prime of his career. And he would certainly be an upgrade to our goaltending as a whole you know, trying to move forward and trying to be more competitive and giving Blackwood a little bit of, you know, rest and having a little bit of, you know, um, consistency in the backup goaltender position. So that's another one to keep in mind moving forward. So all in all, when it comes to all these rumors, the Devils are clearly in a position where they could certainly take advantage of some teams, help out some teams that are salary cap struck and everything like that. And I'm hoping that the devils continue to make moves because they have a lot of chances to really make this team better, not just in the now, but also in the future as well. So ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be the biggest uh, busiest week moving forward here. And I hope you guys are ready as I am. And you stick, you know, stick with us, you know, follow us on Twitter at devil state on Instagram at devil state of mind, like, and subscribe to the podcast as well, and we will give you guys as much up-to-date information, topics, news, and so much more about this Devils team moving forward, not just during the offseason, but certainly once we get ready for the upcoming 2021-22 season. So, Devils fans, buckle up, because we're in for one hell of a ride this offseason.